Psalm number 55. We'll read all of this psalm together. To the chief musician on Neganoth, Maskell, a psalm of David. Give ear to my prayer, O God, and hide not thyself from my supplication. Attend unto me and hear me. I mourn in my complaint and make a noise. Because of the voice of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked. For they cast iniquity upon me, and in wrath they hate me. My heart is sore pain within me, and the terrors of death are fallen upon me. Fearfulness and trembling are come upon me, and horror hath overwhelmed me. And I said, Oh, that I had wings like a dove, for then would I fly away and be at rest. Lo, then would I wander far off and remain in the wilderness, Selah. I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and tempest. Destroy, O Lord, and divide their tongues, for I have seen violence and strife in the city. Day and night they go about it upon the walls thereof. Mischief also and sorrow were in the midst of it. Wickedness is in the midst thereof. Deceit and guile depart not from her streets. For it was not an enemy that reproached me. Then I could have borne it. Neither was it he that hated me that did magnify himself against me. Then I would have hid myself from him. But it was thou, a man, mine equal, my guide and mine acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked unto the house of God in company. Let death seize upon them and let them go down quick into hell. For wickedness is in their dwellings and among them. As for me, I will call upon God and the Lord shall save me. Evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. He hath delivered my soul in peace from the battle that was against me, for there were many with me. God shall hear and afflict them, even he that abideth of old, Selah. Because they have no changes, therefore they fear not God. He hath put forth his hands against such as be at peace with him. He hath broken his covenant. The words of his mouth were smoother than butter, but war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet were they drawn swords. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. But thou, O Lord, shalt bring them down into the pit of destruction. Bloody and deceitful men shall not live out half their days. But I will trust in thee. Amen. We know that God will bless the reading of his word to our hearts. I'm very fond of the Psalm 55. There's something about the 55th Psalm. Just in terms of David's honesty. The real extremity of the situation that he faced. He experienced great emotion here and he relates this emotion his feelings his his suffering some have called this little group of psalms here the betrayal psalms because the the psalm 54 that we noticed last week uh, that was written by david when the men of ziph were constantly trying to discover his whereabouts so that they could tell david they, they, they could tell Saul where, where David was and David was constantly having to be on his guard because the men of Ziph were watching. They were basically Saul's intelligence agents. They could not be trusted. And then the Psalm 52, the incident 
with Doeg the Edomite. And Doeg the Edomite was the one that told Saul that David had received help from the priests at Nob. And then whenever Saul came with his soldiers, ordered them to kill the priests, his soldiers refused, for they were Hebrews. They would not kill the priests, but Doeg the Edomite, he listened to Saul's orders and his men turned around and slaughtered the priests. It was one of the most atrocious incidents in the, all of the Old Testament and David felt very strongly that he had brought this upon the priests and that's the background to Psalm 52. So Psalm 52, Psalm 54, 55, they're all about betrayal. But perhaps there is something about the Psalm 55 that makes the betrayal here the greatest of all. And we'll see that as we look at the Psalm a little closer this evening. And David does something here by way of reaction to this treachery that he felt that he didn't do anywhere else in this little section of Psalms. He wanted to get away. The verse 6 says, Oh, that I had wings like a dove, for then would I fly away and be at rest. Such was the way in which he was overwhelmed. He just wanted out of it completely. Now, what that means, that he desire that his life wouldn't be here don't know that he desire that he'd just go away somewhere far 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 away where he could leave all of these problems behind the truth is most people have experienced feelings a little like that when we're faced with someone we'd rather not face it and you just wish you were someplace else and that's why i've called the psalm the wings of a dove because that's what david wished for but of course he wasn't going to get that because you have to face your problems and he would learn that lesson as we too must let's think about david's problem here in the verses five through to eight david began this psalm with a prayer but it was a prayer that was full of despair hide not thyself from my supplication he felt that god wasn't quite listening he was praying, he was trying to pray, but he felt that God just wasn't there. And he's saying, Lord, you're hiding yourself. Look, don't hide yourself. Come and hear me. Come and listen to what I have to say. And does that not tell us what David's biggest problem was? And it's our problem as well. It's a lack of faith. It wasn't the difficulties that he was experiencing by way of this traitor. That was big. But it was how he was reacting to it. He wasn't trusting God. And whatever struggles and battles we might have and we've got them, our greatest enemy is not the enemy without, but the enemy within. Our greatest traitor is not the traitor without, but the traitor that lies within our own hearts and our own souls. Because it is that which lies within that prevents us from trusting, believing. It is that that keeps us from peace, and it is only when the enemy within is vanquished that we really can face our problems. And so this was the situation in which David found himself here. And because he had this darkness of soul, he had a pain in his heart. And you look at verse 2, he's mourning and his complaint, he's making a noise. His heart is sore pain in verse 4. The terrors of death were falling upon him. 
There was a grief and a fear that was upon him, holding him with vice-like <clears throat> tentacles. And it is for this reason he wanted to escape the wings of a dove. And was he wanting to give up in terms of his crown, his kingdom? The work that God had given him to do, the work that he had to do, he just wanted to get away from that work and from that role. He wanted to resign his position and just move on where he could have some kind of quiet life away from the kingdom. I suppose everyone that has a place of authority feels like that sometimes when the challenges come. Give up and give in. And of course God doesn't want us to do that whenever we have a work to do for him, something to do for the Lord, we have to stand firm and carry on and do what the Lord wants us to do not to take flight but that's how he felt and it was a very honest and human reaction that was his problem and you will notice here that his problem really was the problem with them but then we come to David's pain and it was David's pain that caused him the problem with him in verses 9 through to 15 he talks about this, this pain. Let's just look at it. Well, there were tongues that were wagging against him. Verse 9. Divide their tongues. He was asking God to divide their tongues. So there was tongues wagging against him and he was praying the Lord would divide these tongues. So obviously there was more than one person in the world. There was violence and strife in the city. So he was in Jerusalem here. As he was writing this psalm and praying these things, he was in Jerusalem. So the problem was faced in Jerusalem. That gives us a little clue as to who the person might be that betrayed him. And then you come down to verse 12. It was not an enemy that reproached me, then I could have borne it. Neither was it he that hated himself to magnify himself against me. Then I would have hid myself from him. So, this person was clearly a friend. He caught David off guard because David trusted this man so much. Trusted him implicitly and completely. Would never have dreamed this man would have turned against him. Therefore, his guard was down. And that's what made it so difficult. He actually calls him in verse 13. He was his equal, his guide, his acquaintance. The words his guide here tell us that he perhaps was some kind of advisor, counsellor. Verse 14, we took sweet counsel together and walked into the house of God in company. So he, he worshipped God with this person. He went to the tabernacle with this person. He had an affinity with him. And then you, you come down to verse 21, which is actually in the next section, but it falls really into this section where he talks about his pain. He says in verse 21, the words of his mouth were smoother than butter. This man had a way with words. He was a smooth tongue. But war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet were they drawn swords. He had lovely, soft words for David, calming words, but there was a dagger ready on his back. That's how it was. And of course, <coughs> David discovered that dagger. This man had a covenant with David. 
had made promises to David in verse 12. <coughs> but the covenant was broken. So it all makes us wonder, you know, who was this person? And there are some candidates from the life of David as to who it may have been. It may have been Saul. Because David had a, an affinity with Saul. After all, he would have laid down his life for Saul if he could have. He fought at Goliath for Saul. And he married Saul's daughter. So it could have been Saul. He used to play the music for Saul. And just as he was playing the music, the spear came and lung at him. Just as he was playing the harp. So it could have been Saul. It could have been Absalom. Absalom was his son. And Absalom had done terrible things in the family. And he had been driven out, banished. Then he came back. David brought him back. And then Absalom turned around and stole the hearts of the people and drove David from Jerusalem. Could have been Absalom, his own son. It's very likely, and this is who I think it is, somebody from that period of his life that Absalom betrayed him. A man called Ahathophel. If you read about the life of Absalom, you read about Ahathophel. Ahathophel was David's counsellor. He was his guide. He was his advisor. And Ahathophel went to be Absalom's advisor. He left David's side and started giving advice to Absalom. And in all probability, that's who it was. It certainly fits in, ties in with the circumstances. And David was feeling it all, Absalom turning against him, his very advisor turning against him. But look at verse nine, he says, destroy, O Lord, and divide their tongues. And if you read that story again, you'll discover that there was a man whom David sent into Jerusalem to challenge Ahithophel's advice and to give different advice to Absalom, someone that was faithful to David. And this man managed to overturn Ahithophel's advice and save the day for David. And so the tongues of the enemy were indeed divided. It's a fascinating story. But it's a story that caused David much grief. There's a number of emotions David felt here. He felt fear, but he also felt fury. And we can understand that together. Because if you look at verse 15, he says, you know, as he thought about what was going on or what was happening to him, he says, let death seize upon them. Let them go down quick into hell, for wickedness is in their dwellings and among them. Just let them die and go to hell. These people are doing all this against me. You, you get the anger there, don't you? The fury that he's feeling in the midst of all his pain. It's all very, very human, very poignant. But let's think about his peace now. And this psalm begins quite, uh, ends quite beautifully. It ends wonderfully. How David came to peace. So how did he come to peace? What were his steps to peace? Did he follow some sort of pattern and take right, do this and do this and do this and suddenly in peace? No, it didn't quite work like that. There's just one thing he learned to do that gave him peace. He learned to pray. He learned to pray. 
He learned to pray personally. He learned to pray with persistence. And if you look at the verse 17, he says, well, take verse 16. As for me, as for me, you see, up until now he's been thinking about what's going on inside himself. He's been thinking about this man, what he's done. So he's been totally consumed with what's been going on around him. And so often we're like that. Whenever things are going wrong, we get consumed with people and what they're saying and trying to second guess what they're thinking and the problem, the situation. We go around in circles, we talk for hours and we're no further forward. You get consumed with it. That's the way we are. So David had become consumed with this. And then he says, right, this is actually doing me no good. If there's going to be change, I have to change. That's true, isn't it? If we don't change, nothing changes. If we don't change our mindset, nothing changes. So he said, as for me, let's think about me now. What do I need to do? As for me. I will call upon the Lord. The Lord shall save me. That's why I say it was personal praying. I will call upon God. The Lord will save me. This is what I need to do. I need to pray. If I am to reach a place of peace. And the remarkable thing about this, there's absolutely zero indication here that the problem was sorted, that this man went away. We know from the history that these kinds of problems were sorted in the life of David. But that's not even mentioned in the psalm. What has changed is David's heart and David's spirit. That's what the real change was. It was within his own nature. As for me, I will call upon the Lord and the Lord shall save me. Evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. Persistence. He prayed personally. He prayed with persistence. He didn't come with one prayer, but he was going to come and pray and he was going to hold on to God and he wasn't going to let God go because he realised, unlike verse 1 where he was saying to the Lord, look, just don't hide yourself. Now he was saying, the Lord shall, he will hear me, he shall hear me, he shall save me, he will undertake. And there's actually great faith in the verse 18. He hath delivered my soul in peace from the battle that was against me, for there were many with me. God shall hear and afflict them, even he that abideth of old. God's going to undertake for me. Faith. So he went from fear to fury. And that's where the change was. And we need the faith that David had. David Dixon, writer on the Psalms, said, A morning supplicant shall neither lose his prayers nor his tears. Prayers are never lost. Keep praying. Prayers are never lost. And when there's prayers that are filled with tears, the tears are treasured into God's bottle. And he will keep them forever. And you come down to the verse 22. And it's a marvellous verse. It's one I think to be. Underlined and kept close to your heart. Cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Just put your burden onto the Lord. And he'll keep you. 
and you'll never be moved. David was so afraid that he was going to lose everything. He never suffered the righteous to be moved. Just put your burden onto the Lord. Rest in it. It's a little bit like what the Apostle Paul said in Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God, and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Take everything to God in prayer with thanksgiving. Don't forget the thanksgiving. The peace of God which passeth all understanding will keep your heart and mind. But it comes through prayer. And that's exactly what Paul said. And there's thousands of years between David and Paul and the lesson is still the same. And thousands of years between us and David and Paul and the lesson is still the same. Circumstances and situations may be different, but God's still on the throne. And he's one that we continue to pray to. I was thinking about all of this and I was reading something from Mr. Spurgeon's Treasury of David. And this is what a man called Samuel Blackerby said. If thou throwest thy burden upon God, he will not only carry that, but he will also carry thee. Isn't that nice? If you cast your burden upon the Lord, he'll not only carry your burden, but he'll carry you as well. Somebody can come and help you carry your burden, but they can't carry you. But God will do both. God delights not to see tears in thine eyes or paleness in thy countenance. Thy groans and sighs make no music in his ears. He had rather that thou wouldest be free thyself of thy burden by casting it upon him, that he might rejoice in thy joy and comfort. God doesn't delight in his people being pained. He delights to comfort his people. For what a friend we have in Jesus. But look at how the psalm ends. We said earlier David was furious and he just wished these people would go to hell. But look at how it ends. Is this being furious or is this casting his burden upon the Lord? I would suggest this is casting his burden upon the Lord. But thou, O God, shalt bring them down into the pit of destruction. Bloody and deceitful men shall not live out half their days. But I will trust in thee. He got a sense of a just God. It's not for me to deal with this wicked man. God will deal with him. And we can get very disturbed about wicked people and how they prosper in this world. God will deal with them. Because as Paul also said, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Let the world do as it wishes, but let us trust in God. That's the lesson we need to get from the Psalm 55. May the Lord bless these thoughts to your heart and